0: the headline god, Jeremy Lambert, and his co-host, speaking out of Atlanta, Georgia, representing more than one royal family, the king of indie viewing, Stephen Jensen. And this is the Spotlight on
2: Fightful.
3: Hello, welcome everyone to the spotlight here on Fightful. Shout out to Big Dick MLJ for the intro there, and shout out to Steven Jensen for putting all that together. Jensen, big day, lots to talk about, as always. How are
2: you? Yeah, I'm good. How about you, man?
3: Doing well, doing well. Guys, stick around. Uh, About 11 o'clock, we have our interview with Dan the Dad airing. Dan the Dad, you probably recently seen him on AEW Dark just stiffing the shit out of Toa Leona. Uh, we got an update on Toa Leona on a Toto Toa Leona from Dan the Dad, uh, a true professional. Checked on him after the match, but a really good conversation with Dan the Dad talking about that, talking about AEW, talking about comedy wrestling, Dan Housen, Orange Cassidy. Um, a lot of good stuff but from Dan the Dad. So that is coming up at 11 o'clock. Jensen, let's waste no time, let's get into it. Let's start with our WWE Spotlight, and we're going to be joined by a a special guest as we get into our WWE Spotlight as well.
2: You want to be a professional wrestler, or do you want to be a WWE Superstar? WWE Superstar sounds a whole lot better to me than being a professional wrestler.
3: So, behind the scenes stuff first. Um, Mm -hmm. The Vince McMahon news happened, I guess, on Mm -hmm. Tuesday, and we were like, "Do we want to talk about that?" Like, maybe I was like, "I don't." There's not much to talk about from my end. Like, I don't. I don't care. He's not. I don't think he's going to come back. I'm going to talk about the allegations and stuff. He's a horrible person. I don't want to talk about it. I was like, how about we talk about Roxanne Perez winning the NXT Women's Championship? That was going to be the spotlight of Roxanne winning at 21 years old, just the year she's had Mandy Rose's reign on top of that, which was over 400 days and her improvements in the ring and everything. This was Tuesday night. We decided this after NXT. And then Wednesday rolls around. And Wednesday afternoon, Sean Ross Sapp reports that Mandy Rose had been released by WWE over content on her fan time account. Uh that got a got a little too risque, I guess. And we're gonna we're gonna get into that more. But I wanted to bring on uh Kylie Fuller from Tag Talk from a bunch <laughs> of other projects as well. Uh, because I, it's important to have a female per- perspective on this. You're gonna hear a million white guys talk about this on various podcasts on various platforms uh listen to a female perspective listen to women on this because they're smarter than us Uh, i mean to to be honest about they're they're just smarter than us about this so we're going to bring on kylie and talk about this mandy rose situation kylie how you doing
4: i'm doing great i'm so excited to be here with you guys so thank you so much for having me
3: Thanks for joining us for sure. Yes, thank you. Very much. Very much appreciate. You are like we don't really do guest spots during the show. We have our creator mm-hmm. spotlight and everything. So this is this is a rare rare occasion, monumental occasion. Again, thank you. Thank you for joining us. So, let's get into this. Mandy Rose fired released because of the content she was posting. Um OnlyFans has become a big platform over the the past few years and everything wwe has heavily pushed her sexualization uh on nxt television they we see the way she dresses we've heard athena amber moon talk about like we want you to be sexy like mandy rose uh we've seen the commercials and everything where they've really pushed this stuff she's out there making her own money with this on her her fan time and then she gets released for it. just general thoughts to start with it and then we'll get into kind of a, a bigger discussion about the release go ahead Callie.
4: yeah i think for a lot of people when this news first dropped it was a bit of a surprise because the leaks had happened um content from behind her paywall had leaked and people sort of questioned whether wwe knew about it whether they approved of this Because if, you know, to be honest, it was a bit risque. There was images that were maybe not fitting the WWE brand. Um, But the firing came as a surprise to me, a firing and not a suspension or something along those lines, because she dropped the title. And as she's walking out, she's waving, blowing kisses. There's thank you, Mandy chants, um, which a lot of people assumed was because of a call up. So the firing was very sudden to me. And I think when you place it in the context of other things that are happening in WWE, like Sasha Banks' contract negotiations, all these other issues, I think, you know, WWE has a women problem. They have an issue when it comes to handling these women's issues.
3: Jensen, when you heard that she
2: was getting released, what what were your thoughts? And and the reasoning that she was getting released? I mean, I was definitely surprised. I mean, she was like the NXT women's champion for a long time. Uh obviously I'm a big fan of Roxy, like from her days in the Indies. So it was like really cool moment to see her win that title. Um, and I had no idea. I mean, we had a good idea she, that Roxy was gonna win that night, just because yeah. like, you know, it's like kind of, that kind of rumors were kind of floated out there, but I don't think anybody knew that Manny was gonna be leaving right after. Um, I'll say this. This this is and this is where I have to be kind of like I got to wait a little bit to know a little bit more about everything. I feel like mainly because I, you know, I followed the UFC very closely and I tweeted this yesterday as well, but like Paige Van Zandt, when she was in the UFC, she was making more money on just sponsored Instagram posts, not even like only fans or anything like premium, just straight up Instagram uh, sponsored Instagram posts. She was making more than she was in the UFC. And I remember her being really vocal about that at the time because she was basically saying, Like she, The big difference, obviously, is that Paige didn't get fired from the UFC, but she did let her contract run up. And her reasons was, I don't want to resign because, like, I make more money on on Instagram than I do to fight. So, like, I'm going to be a free agent. I don't really need the UFC to to control me anymore. I can just do this on my own. And that's where I just want to know more, like, because I have seen reports from incredible sources and stuff that say it was because of the content that she was posting, like the risque content. And if that's the case... I would definitely agree with just like a suspension or at least letting her know what's going on. And, but I don't know if they did like, I don't know if it's a situation where she was like, listen, I make a lot of money doing that. And like, if you guys aren't okay with it, like I'll take whatever the punishment is, but like, I'm not going to give that up. And I, you know, so like, that's just where, I, or, or was it Because the WWE was upset that she was making money on it. That's another thing. Was it just strictly like, you're making money. We want to cut of that money. Just if we want to cut of, people's you know youtubes or twitch and that kind of stuff and she was like listen i make a really good amount of money doing this i really don't want y'all stick your hand in that cookie jar so like i i i can't speak for her and i don't know but i just want to throw that out there too that like and i don't, I, I i don't blame her at all by the way like i feel like if you can do things independently like that's the route to go nowadays because you can promote yourself personally and just do it yourself and she has this strong a strong enough brand where she can leave the wwe and be fine um so that's kind of where i'm at with it is like I feel like the WWE is really in the wrong if they didn't, if there wasn't like a process of like, you know, warning her or like trying to figure something out with her beforehand. But I also feel really happy for her if it's a case of, Hey, I'd rather be doing this anyways. So like, if you're going to let me go, like I'm, that's, it just is what it is. Like, I'm not going to give this other thing up. So, you know what I mean? It's just kind of hard to really know. Um, But either way, she's going to be fine. I mean, she's she's a huge star anywhere. So.
3: Kelly, you mentioned that, WWE has a, a women problem. Uh, expand upon that if you don't mind.
4: Yeah. So I think WWE, especially in the last like five to 10 years, has really built up this sort of PR idea that they're at the forefront of women's wrestling, that they're doing all this hard work behind the scenes to advance the status of women. They had, you know, an all women's pay per view. They're like, look, even Ronda Rousey, this skilled fighter, wants to come and fight our women's wrestlers because of all this hard work we put in. But I think it's becoming clear that it was mostly a facade. Like, if you like not just Mandy Rose, but Sasha Banks not getting paid what she realistically should be paid when she's going out and booking movies and doing all this stuff. And she's getting all this fame and this attention. And she's not getting paid what she's worth by the WWE. And then with this Mandy Rose thing, they spent so much time and invested all this time on the main roster and in NXT in building her up as, and let's be honest, a sex symbol. That she's this beautiful woman who's, you know, she's a wrestler. She's a great talent. She, you know, she's a champion, whatever. But at its core, it's like she's the sex symbol. And she has a faction of beautiful women around her. And that's, that is what it is. And she was very successful at it. But then Mandy Rose goes and capitalizes on that. And all of a sudden, you know, her body can be monetized and profited on by WWE. But she can't do that. And I understand morality clauses and contracts. And I don't know what her contract looks like. I don't know anything about, you know, she has a main roster deal, that's all I know. But I do think WWE, when it comes to these women's issues and when it comes to negotiating with, you know, female talent in general, there's like a clear divide between what men at the top of the men's division, you know, Brock, Roman, those guys can do compared to what, you know, a Sasha Banks or a Mandy Rose or Charlotte Flair can do. And so I think that's a big issue, despite the fact that they've put forward this like feminist image for so long. So we've seen
3: in the past plenty of leaked images from <laughs> from wrestlers over the years. No one has gotten fired from it or anything like that. Mandy, her images were linked, they were leaked. They were they were behind the paywall. The content, I've not seen anything. I've heard some of the stuff. Uh it was Very risque. She was obviously making money off of this. How much do you think this is of, okay, the content was too much versus you were making money off of this content and we want, maybe we want a cut of this money? What do you think, Kylie?
4: I think it's definitely a factor because I don't know exactly how much she was making, but, you know, people have said it's pretty significant multiple times what she was making in WWE with the main roster deal. so I think WWE, because she's profiting off this image that they think that they've crafted for her, they definitely would want a cut of that. Um, and, I, you know, there's, you know, bring up contracts and sponsors and all this sort of stuff, but it's behind a paywall and any person who's under 18, who is going to hunt for those images is going to have access to, you know, a wealth of, you know, free images and videos that are on the internet. And she, you know, she wasn't posting about it all that publicly. She was asking people not to post about it. Don't leak her images, which is something sex workers deal with all the time. Their images getting leaked. Um, so she was very smart and responsible about it. And she was doing it because to me, that says she's aware that there is a potential issue here. Uh, and she was making a lot of money because, you know, she's a beautiful woman. And I haven't seen anything of what she's doing, but, you know, she built a strong community. And I think WWE, to them, that is her capitalizing on something that they built. And of course, they're going to want a share of that. You know, independent contractor versus employee debates aside, they're going to want a share of that. And I think when it comes to other people's leaked images uh, and videos that have happened in the past, there's a little bit of a difference because she's profiting from it. Um, but they were still leaked without her permission, it's behind a paywall. She's trusting people who are buying her stuff to keep it to themselves. So there is that trust there between, you know, a sex worker and, you know, a client, a customer that there is in like a relationship. So it's just a messed up situation. And if her images hadn't been leaked, I don't know if Mandy Rose gets fired this week.
3: Jensen, what do you think about the, the content portion versus, okay, you're making money off of this content?
2: Right. I think, I think it's both. I think it's both a factor. You know, it's, it's hard to really say what, what's on to become. Well, it's tough, it's tough to know because like the WWE, they have like, there's been plenty of times where they put like, you know, women from their their company and Playboy and stuff like that over the years. And, you know, like, and I know that their image is different now being PG and all, but like, I don't, it's it just, to be completely honest, the, I feel like it probably has a lot more to do with the money than the actual content just how I, that's just how I personally feel like whether it's like they wanted a cut of it or they just didn't like how much she was making or she liked how much she was making and didn't want to give it up. Like whether, I think it just all came down to, it was a successful business venture for her and it was completely independent and her own thing. And I don't think the WWE wants their, their talent in those kind of positions while they're under their contracts. And like, and that's a whole other thing. Like Kylie mentioned, you know, I don't want to go down the whole rabbit hole, of like, you know independent contractors versus employees and all that stuff because like you know it's that, that conversation has existed my entire life in both mixed martial arts and professional wrestling i don't think anyone's going to unionize in my lifetime i think it's sad i hope that they would for the sake of the wrestlers but like um where we're at right now i just think that's what it is the WWE, i get the WWE's point of view from a perspective where like they feel like they're building these people's brands and then they're then these people are taking what the WWE. Built and then they're doing it on their own and profiting on it, but at the same time, like you could say that about any company ever, and like not everyone's as like malicious about it. It feels like like I like I could get really good at like my day job, you know, like just being a customer service person, and like that doesn't mean I have to stay with my company forever. If another company hears that I do good work, you know, like you're, I'm, it's my decision to go somewhere else or I could start my own, you know. It is, so it's one of those things where WWE. Forever, they've had, like, a really tight leash on, like, all their all their talent. And, like, I just feel like this is kind of another example of that, of, like, I just, I, once again, the, the content is what makes it murky because, like, I get the WWE's image they're trying to put out there. But, once again, paywalled content, she's not promoting it, like, really through any WWE, like, channel or anything like that. And I, once again, I really think it comes down to like, she was making a lot of money doing it and whether it was the WWE wanting that to end or to get a piece of it, or she didn't want it to end and she prioritized that over it either way. I think the money was probably the biggest factor.
3: Uh, Shatown Spurs says I understand the corporate sponsorship is in play, but they literally had her post naked with the WWE titles on the show. The optics of this are terrible. Yeah. That's very fair. A couple of things is there have been rumors, innuendo, uh, whatever's been out there about the the corporate sponsorships. Uh, Mattel has been mentioned of, hey, you know, they weren't happy with it. We don't know what's in the contracts of you can do this, but you can't do this. We also don't fully know if she was warned about this, of like, hey, you gotta stop doing this kind of stuff. Again, there are the the rumors out there of yes, she was warned, but how much do you do you put into this? Are people just is this from the WWE side? What is Mandy's side? The only thing she's really said is she posted this on her on her site is like the page is staying up um kylie your thoughts on just the optics of this and if she was warned wasn't warned and then the the corporate sponsors being a factor in this as well
4: yeah so i don't know uh if she was warned or not you know there's people saying like uh, i listened to wrestling observer this morning they're saying that mandy was taken by surprise by hearing that she was dropping the title and was leaving this week um So maybe she was born, maybe she wasn't, I don't know. But it does present sort of a bad image for the WWE that they're using her sexuality and profiting off of her body in this way. And that they have complete control over how she looks on TV, how she uh, presents herself, the things that she says, the things that she does. But she can't do that in the same way. And, you know... I don't. Again, I don't know what her contract says. WWE, you know, they're with within their right to say this doesn't represent our brand well. But you have to work with her because if you're not going to pay her what she's worth, you know, WWE revenue to talent contracts, the ratio there is disgusting. So if you're not going to pay her what she's worth because she's an independent contract or whatever, then you have to work with her because she should be allowed to pursue this other line of income because it, wrestling isn't going to last forever. And if she's not going to be able to make enough money to save and invest through her WWE contract, she needs this other outlet. So the optics of it are, honestly, they're terrible. Because now Toxic Attraction, you know, Gigi and JC are still going to go out. And they're still going to have this sex symbol look about them. They're, you know, by all accounts, still going to be a tag team. Probably going to get called up soon. And WWE is going to keep doing that. And it's just it's just absurd to me that there wasn't an attempt maybe to make this a smoother transition, maybe pull her off TV and let this happen behind the scenes. It was firing and that is sudden. And I think it's unwarranted and uncalled for.
3: Jensen, your thought on the overall optics of all this.
2: Yeah, no, I'd agree with pretty much all that. You know, I I know like other sponsorships and stuff are always going to be a factor. Like, when it comes to like Mattel and stuff, that was a big thing when they like stopped like you, like blading and stuff during matches, like bleeding. I mean, even stuff like that has to do with Mattel and, in children's sponsorships and stuff like that. Um, I mean, I'll put it this way. I mean, obviously I've, I've stayed pretty tapped in. I had no idea she even had the page, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's not like it was one of these things. I know that I'm, I'm sure she promoted it to some degree, you know, I mean, so people, people had to have known to subscribe, but it wasn't something where I even knew it existed. So like, it wasn't some like giant thing that was on my radar that I thought was even, you know, so it's, it's just one of those things where it's, I, I mean, I would agree that the optics aren't good for the WWE when it comes to this stuff, just like a lot of other stuff. I mean, it wasn't good when they sent, you know, uh, was it Mickey James uh, gear back in a trash bag and stuff like that? You know, like, I mean, like there's, there and that's once again, another example of specifically with like a female talent and stuff like that. So like, I, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, i agree, you know, it's just, but once again, it's just one of those things. The, the only thing I don't know, because if that if the reports of that are true and like what like Meltzer and those guys are saying, like which I, I, I like those guys a lot. And like if, if that if this is true and like she was caught off guard and she really wasn't warned about it, that's a completely I look at this completely differently because then I was I, I feel like that's really unfair to at least not have like a suspension or try to work it out. But once again, I don't know. I don't know if Mandy's like totally happy with this. You know what I mean? I really don't. I mean, like she might be it because, like someone in the chat earlier said, like she thought she, thought she made like a million dollars a year. I would, I would doubt it's anything like that.
3: She, I, I don't know how much she was making. I'm pretty sure from what I've read, she was still like making main roster money despite she, by being in NXT. So I, I think she still had like her, her main roster money.
2: I don't know if she's making a million a year though. Right, and I saw some of the numbers I saw, like kind of being thrown out there about her, her, um, her premium site was like they were, they were let's put it this way they were higher I would if those numbers are even close to true I would definitely believe she was making more money doing that than her WWE contract so like that's just where I'm at with it you know like I I think that I think if 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 it's a situation of WWE just not liking what she was doing giving her no heads up firing her and they're like that's that's that like see a like bad luck or whatever that's how they feel about it then that's I don't like that obviously. Um but but I do like it if like she got out like because I I think there more there are more wrestlers that should have that kind of mindset honestly that are like I don't really need like the corporate you know like I I think it's kind of cool doing it on your own like if you're able to. So like, you know, but at the same time I you know, I don't think she should have been fired over this if there was a way they could have worked it out, you know. So it's just it's it's a, it's, a, it's a weird it's a very strange scenario um so
3: i think if they if they talked to her and they asked her you can do this or told her you can do this don't do this and then she kind of kept pushing it and kept because obviously she has control over what does go on the site and if they did have a discussion with her of hey don't post this she had no control over the leaks but she does have control over what is actually posted um I said, hey, don't post this kind of stuff. This one's a little, and then she kept doing it. Then that's a different discussion. We don't know what these conversations were behind mm-hmm. the scenes. I'm not going to speculate on what the conversations were behind the scenes. The fact that it's been reported that she was caught off guard makes me believe that maybe there wasn't these conversations. But again, we don't we don't know. This could just be, they're hearing it from the WWE side. We've not heard anything from the Mandy Rose side and vice versa. Uh, Kylie, before I let you go, just final, final closing thoughts on kind of this whole situation.
4: Yeah, I think um, there's definitely WWE needs with the you know the change of management, the change of guard, so to speak. There needs to be a bigger attempt to, for ju- just for gender equity, because the Mandy Rose situation, the Sasha Banks situation, all these issues that are happening, I think WWE is just dropping the ball entirely when it comes to letting their talent pursue these other avenues of income and things, and working with them on that. Like I'm not saying that the content that Mandy had posted, I haven't seen it, but people had said it was, you know, a little too far. WWE, you know, they're, they're well within their rights to say this is too far. But firing instead of, you know, pulling her from TV and having, you know, a discussion with her agent or whoever it might be and working something out. I think that's sort of that's just a, a big mistake on their part I think there's money in Mandy Rose especially coming out of NXT and going back to the main roster I think there's money there and I think it's unfair to her for um because she's done great work in NXT I think you know I'm not her biggest fan but I think she's improved a lot and I think she's only doing you know this you know sex work and things like that in a way that's, you know, profiting from this image that she has. And, you know, good for her for doing that. I don't know how much money she's making, but if she's making more than she is in WWE, good for her, because she deserves it. And I think, you know, there's discussions you can have about labor rights and unions and all this sort of stuff. But ultimately, WWE needs to start working with talent. Like, we're at a point where it's Twitch, it's acting, it's music, it's makeup, it's sex work, it's all these things. WWE, like we're at the point where you got to figure out a system and it's not just Mandy Rose. And that's basically where I'm at because, you know, the pandemic and Twitch and all those things that happened, it's just, it's too much. WWE can't have this type of overreach without giving these people some sort of benefit from it.
3: Kelly, we appreciate you joining us today. Yeah, uh, sure. Let everyone know where they can find you at.
4: Yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at uh, Fuller underscore Kylie. Um, You could see me on Tag Talk on Fightful Overbooked every Monday at 3. The last couple weeks have been kind of weird. I'm getting over RSV. There's, like, other stuff going on. Um, But generally, Fightful Overbooked every Monday at 3. You could follow Romanticized Wrestling. That's, like, a side project at Romantic Wrestle on Twitter. Um, We're probably going to do some ROH stuff on there coming up, talking about ROH. So make sure to follow me on Twitter to hear more about that.
3: Thank you again, Kylie. Really appreciate it, guys. Support Kylie, uh, support Kylie and Haley. We we use their. If you watch Fight Forever Booked, the Tag Talk background is my favorite background, and we do it every week on <laughs> FMC. Uh, I do miss Tag Talk. I know things have been going on, but you girls are welcome to do whatever you want, whenever you want on that channel. Uh, I appreciate all the hard work you guys do for for Fight Flover Book. So, Kylie, thank you again for joining us today.
4: Thank you, guys, so much for having me.
2: Uh, Booter off screen now. <laughs> No, that was, great. that was that was. I was. i was really glad we had her on for that. Oh,
3: Ky- Kylie is great. We're we're gonna have to get uh Kylie and Haley on as the the creators portion of the spotlight here here uh, in the next month or so because I know we're sure. we're getting booked up. Jensen's <clears throat> booking all these big time guests for us, so we gotta uh <sighs> gotta find some find some time for other people. Yeah. But yeah, Ky- Kylie and Haley, go follow them. Fight Flover the Book Tag Talk 3 p.m. on Monday. All right, Jensen. The other WWE spotlight is Kylie Ray. Another Kylie. Kylie Ray making her WWE debut. She was on main event uh, this week. It's airing today. Uh, it's on Hulu Plus. Uh, she is going under the name Brianna Ray. She had a tryout, I think, last week, maybe two weeks ago. Uh, uh, there was some independent talent at, at the tryout. Kylie Ray was one of them. Vincent, Touch and Casey Navarro were others that were mentioned. Uh, but, yeah, Kylie Ray seems like – I don't feel like they're putting her on main event if she's not signed or very close being signed but kylie ray seems like getting a shot in wwe
2: yeah good for her you know uh I've been super talented for a long time uh the big question mark was always just kind of like you know i mean the obvious right like like when when aw started up it looked like she was going to be a really big part of that women's division and uh you know she was she was shortly gone and then you know in impact she was supposed to come in i believe it was a anniversary a couple years ago um and didn't come to the event and so that that's the only thing that i think has ever quote-unquote held her back because she's she's been in big-time positions throughout her career she's been a consistent like main event level indie talent for a long time um and that was was the was the show in chicago that she that she is no it was milwaukee milwaukee Milwaukee. okay I, i didn't know i didn't know where they were but um but so i uh so but it's one of those things where obviously like I saw her tweet the other day and I don't get into people's personal stuff, you know, but like I saw her tweet the other day about being, I think it was like 14 months sober or something like that. So like, you know what I mean? Like, I think she's probably in a really good place. It sounds like, and she's probably always wanted to work for the WWE as most, you know, wrestlers around our age, you know, grew up on it and they've always wanted to be a part of it. And like, so I, I hope, I hope it works out for her. Cause she's, she's super talented. And, and, and once again, I think, I think her, uh, the level of like fame that she could potentially get in the WWE is, is they like, she has, she has a lot of untapped potential because like she can literally be thrown right in there with like your Bailey's your, your uh, Bianca's your Charlotte's. I mean, like she has that level of talent where she could wrestle the top tier Oscar and, and Kyrie and all of them. Like, I mean, there's, there's great stuff for her right there waiting. um, But I think that she would have blown up years ago. Had she like, you know, if she because if she was a start a part of the start of AEW, like was planned, I think they would have had her like their women's champion almost immediately. And she, you know, so it's like it's just one of those things where like I just really hope for uh, like for Kylie's sake, I hope like everything's good. Um, I hope like that this is what she wants to do. I hope that it's successful for her because like she she um she has a very um a very strong fan base too, Kylie Ray. Like she's one of the most beloved wrestlers on the indies over the last, you know, handful of years. So like I um so yeah, I guess that's kind of a really long roundabout way of saying like I'm very happy for her and I hope this is what she wants to do and I hope it works out really well for her.
3: That that's where I'm at on this as well. Kylie Ray's always had the the talent. Uh, that that's never really been questioned. And yeah, when she signed with AEW, it looked like she was going to be one of the faces of that division. And then everything happened. She wanted out of her her contract. We actually don't fully know what happened. We probably never will, but she, she got out of her contract. Uh, Tony Khan released her on her request. She went to impact, looked like she was going to do big things there and then didn't show up for the knockout title match that, that she was scheduled for. Uh, she's been very open about uh her sobriety she i think she just posted that she's been 14 months sober now so she's been very open and honest about her her past substance issues um i hope she is just doing well and like you said this is what she wants out of everything um because there were you know there were talks of like the the pressure of AEW and impact now she's in WWE. how do you handle like this kind of pressure and everything it seems like she's at a much better place in her life than she was at the time when she was, you know, doing AEW stuff and even impact stuff. Um, so I, I hope she's good. That, that's the most important thing here is she's good, she's happy, and this is what she wants.
1: The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the hefty renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange hefty renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available
3: at HashtagRenew.com. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. ...to do because she's a big addition to the division. She's TV ready. She has a very well-defined character. She understands that character. Uh, the audience really connects with that character. She get, she's a great wrestler. So it's it's a big boost for the division. Uh, I don't know if she's going to just go to NXT for a little while. I don't know if she's going to go fully to the main roster. But regardless, I'm happy for Kylie Ray. Always like Kylie Ray, and you know if she's happy and she's doing well and
2: great. So it seems like it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, completely agree. Very happy for. I mean, Brianna Ray is a pretty good name. You know what I mean? Like that's, I could I could roll with Bri- Brianna Ray. Like I think that sounds fine. Um, Maybe it was just a one-time thing and they call her Kylie Ray. Like she's gonna be there going forward and stuff. Because I saw people saying that too. Like Brianna Ray, just call her Kylie Ray. And I'm like, listen, it's a win that she's yeah. just there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. don't don't get caught up on the name. Um, and It is pretty damn close. Like, like you usually it isn't even that close. You know, when they bring someone in. So, like, um, yeah, like you said. I mean, really, the only, and this is like a weird. Oh, I shouldn't say weird. That's not the right word. But like the my only my only. Uh, what's the right word I'm looking for? It's like uh, it's like it's bittersweet almost because like the one thing that WWE really doesn't do that she's really 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 really, really good at is she wrestles everyone of every gender on the indies and WWE doesn't do like the men versus women and stuff. And like, if she was an impact, she could be like wrestling Josh Alexander for like the world championship. You know what I mean? She'd be wrestling speedball Mike Bailey as well. And then you've also got like Masha Slamovich and Jordan Grace and like, you know, in AEW, they don't really do that. Yeah. So like, I, that's the one thing I'm going to miss is like, I think Kylie Ray, she tears it up against the men on the indies, as well as the women, of course, Um, and the non-binary wrestlers. You know, we don't discriminate here. So it's one of those things where it's like, I am gonna miss that because, like, I you know, Ky, Ky, it's fun to watch Kylie mix it up with the dudes on the Indies too, and she won't really be able to do that in WWE. But, but she will have. I'll say this a thousand times, you know, like if you if you look at just the one, um, just the one brand of like Impact Wrestling, I think that they have the best overall talent of women, like the best talent pool of like just one brand, one show. But if you look at like WWE's overall landscape of all of their brands they have the best collection of, of high-level female talent in my opinion so like that is a great place for for kylie ray to be because we like we said charlotte and bianca and if sasha you know ever came back and you know bailey and and i mean oscar and i mean once again it's just you she's she's got a whole a whole new uh it's like a whole new like lease on life like it's a whole it's a whole new she's got so many people she can wrestle now um And yeah, so once again, I, like we both said, we just, we both hope she's just in a good place mentally, physically, like in that this is what she wants to do. It obviously is a grind. I mean, like WWE, you're going to work more than any other company. Um, The pressure is probably going to be higher than any other company too. But like, you know, but if she's like, she feels like she's ready to handle it good. Like, hell yeah. Like, let's see it. Like I want, I want to see Kylie Rae be successful. It's been, it's been overdue. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's been a, it's been a long time coming for the world to really know about Kylie Ray. So, like, this is uh, I would I can't say I can't stress enough. I just really hope it works out for her.
3: They're gonna name her finisher the Ray of Sunshine. Get ready for it, yeah, Ready? Yeah, that's what it's gonna be called. Yeah. Uh, I think I think she's gonna end up in NXT. Uh, to circle back to where she might go, I, I think she's gonna end up yeah. in, in NXT, uh, which will which should be good. They, they they fee- they have the female talent they've always had the female talent until they released all their female talent but now more than ever they have the female talent it's just a matter of continuing to give them opportunities and you know putting them on television more and more and like doing something besides just cold matches or you know, ronda rousey story Yes, yeah.
2: and i don't i don't see her being in nxt very long either like unless they want to no. like put the title on her and like have her do some like long title run like before you know calling her up um i could I could even see it being a, a thing where she comes in wrestles a couple you know kind of big matches maybe loses to roxy just to, like get her feet wet and then they're just like all right you're like you're i'm not saying too good for this because there is a lot of value in nxt in my opinion but like it's it's it was the same kind of way i felt about of valkyrie where i was like what's she doing in nxt like like well, she doesn't need to learn how to work for cameras and stuff like she's been doing this forever you know i know
3: i know they're building towards rousey and becky and they should that's a big match Kylie Ray coming in and getting bullied by Rousey and Shayna Baszler uh, and then overcoming that and winning the title, like with her personality and everything. I think that's a good story. They're never going to do it because they're building towards Rousey and Becky. Again, that's, that's the money match. I completely understand that, but it's a good story because Shayna and Rhonda are, you know, injuring everybody. And then you got happy go lucky Kylie Ray coming in, just getting picked on by them. And she overcomes and be a star. Everybody stand up to these bullies that are out there. Punch them in the face. Ray of Light, that's a, that's a good one that, that could be the finisher name. That's what Bonkers LFC says Ray of Light could yeah. be that. I, I still think it's going to be Ray of Sunshine. That's my, that's my guess. Let's move on to our AEW spotlight.
0: Uh, over a million fans uh, and
2: a great number in the demo tuned in. It was a great show, and I think it's been a run of great shows.
3: Chris Jericho is washed. He should retire. He has lost two straight now. He is just completely done. And he lost to a jobber. Chris Jericho is now a jobber after losing to Action Andretti last night on AEW Dynamite. Action Andretti got a contract. It looks like Chris Jericho is gonna have to retire.
2: So I don't agree with all of that. But what I what I what I do agree with is um So I'll be completely honest. And obviously, you know, I've been doing the weekender for four years now. And I I pride myself on my, my knowledge of independent wrestling. I know very little about Ashton Andretti. Like he hasn't been around very long. Um, I know he did AEW recently against QT Marshall. And apparently uh, from what I've seen, apparently uh, Jericho saw that match and like decided like a couple months ago, like or whatever that match happened, that he was going to put this guy over and you know, it's similar to, like, um, I, I, gave, I gave this example about the Jericho finish with uh, with Claudio, the big swing that seemed to be divisive. Like, people either loved oh, it or hated rolled.
3: it. If you hated I that finish, you suck.
2: Well, also, I'm someone who gets, like, really motion sick, so, like, I would absolutely tap to that move. So, like, I,
3: I, with the kids, I, like, spin them around, and I'm done after about, like, two rotations. Like, yeah. it, a 50-year-old man? With all the issues and injuries and stuff Jericho has had and everything, those old ass bones, he should have tapped way sooner. Honestly, that move sucks.
2: Yes. Um. So, so like I, you know, and I get it, it was like thirty three spins. Also, it's like it wasn't like he just did it like three times and he tapped out and like it was like anyway. The, re- the reason I bring this up is because I remember years ago reading, uh, I think it was Chris Jericho's first book when it came out. And he was talking about, you may remember this, this match. It was back on like an episode of raw back in like the early two thousands. He wrestled Batista and it was while they were trying to get over Batista as like a singles guy after evolution and, or maybe it was during evolution. Like it was, it was, it was around that time where they were really building him probably towards beating triple H around that time. And I remember Jericho talking about this match and I remember the match happening where, Batista clotheslined him during the match and pinned him for three and everyone online. Cause this was like message boards and stuff. Everyone online was like, but he's stiff Jericho, but he's off to out Jericho clean. Like that was a botch, blah, 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 blah. And everyone thought, and that's how they played it off. Like Jericho acted like he had just been stiffed and just actually got pinned for three. And it kind of came out. It came out of completely nowhere. Cause it was just a clothesline and Jericho in his book explained that that was completely planned from the start. And the whole idea that he had was, let's just get over Batista's clothesline because like if someone sees them, if someone sees Batista pin Chris Jericho after a clothesline, now he might pin anybody after that clothesline and it just gets that move over so much more. Now you have another point in the match where you think this match might be over after hitting a different type of move. And I feel like that's the same thing with Claudio in the swing. Now we see him do the swing a whole bunch of times, hundreds of times. And that's why I think people didn't like the finish because we haven't seen people tap to it, but I love that. Now there's that element of that move where if he puts you in the big swing, now you have that in the back of your mind, like, Oh, this isn't just like a transition move or just a fun little, like what's count with Claudio thing. This is like, this might be the finish. Like we need to be paying attention. They might tap out during this move. So I think Jericho did a really good job of putting that move over. And also the reason I bring it up is. He puts people over, man. Like, like I know he wins a lot of feuds and a lot of his feuds drag out too long on AEW and stuff. I get that. But like, he remembers the days when like Scott Hall was putting him over, you know, when he, when he was a nobody, like he's doing the same thing right now. Like today, to take a guy like Ashton Andretti and just have him beat you clean in the middle of the ring on, on winter is coming. Like one of the biggest dynamites of the year, one of the biggest AEW shows of the year. I mean, people can knock Chris Jericho, I guess, you know, like you, you're not everyone's favorite wrestler and everyone's favorite, you know, not everyone's cup of tea, but like that's pretty damn cool in my opinion to go out there and, and make somebody like that in their, in their dynamite debut to, to, to pin Jericho. That's, that's huge. So, and actually Andretti seems like a really talented kid with a ton of potential. He's only been wrestling like three years. So, I mean, this is a, a rocket ship being strapped to him and getting an AEW contract. So, I mean, I, I think it's badass that Jericho did this for this guy. Um, Cause he definitely didn't have to. And, uh, and Andretti, you know, I hope this is the start of a good career for him in AEW.
3: I was definitely, I mean, when you think of okay, Chris Jericho in action, action and ready already in the ring, type of thing. It's like, oh, this can be a squash match. Why are you gonna pay attention? The crowd completely made this entire thing, even before like the victory. They're chanting, let's go, jobber and everything like the crowd was into this from the start. Jericho did a great job of feeding into that. jericho's a master at like playing the crowd and the the ups and downs on how to build a match and everything. He's a master at that kind of stuff. Um and yet when he hit the standing shooting star and Pendulum was like, "Wait a second. Huh? Like
2: what yeah. what did happen what did that happen?" And that's a move um, we see often. A standing shooting star is pretty common yeah. nowadays. So it wasn't anything like spectacular, you know. Yeah,
3: exactly. Um I the thing with this, now is what happens moving forward because on this night, last night, winter's coming. Action and dry looked like one of the biggest stars in the company like, really looked like one of the biggest stars in the company. What do you do with him now moving forward? Because he just beat Chris Jericho, he can't just go on and just have like you know a match against somebody and and lose like he lost the match against qt marshall but people were impressed by him and apparently jericho was so impressed that he's like i'm gonna put this kid over uh but he can't just like do matches and lose to people now because you've got him a victory over chris jericho i also don't think he can just like be off television for five weeks because sometimes they like to do that as they cycle guys in and out and stuff like this has got to lead to something and maybe because we remember jericho had that like brief little thing with pineapple pete remember that shook mm-hmm.
2: d Sug d yeah
3: yeah and like, they they had a match and stuff and, and pineapple Pete didn't beat chris jericho but it was a little program and it just it went nowhere after that i mean jericho beat him in a minute again it was nothing it wasn't beating chris jericho like action and ready but the the thing is is like you gotta build off of this stuff and this is going to lead me to my next my next point of Chris Jericho I said this last week when Ricky Starks loses and he did because we all just assumed he would he needs something solid after this because he made himself into a star last week with the promo and then this week with the match he needs something solid Jericho name dropped Ricky Starks in his backstage promo I don't think that's by accident I think that's the next program and now, like, where do we go with all of that? Because Chris Jericho is now coming off a loss. Ricky's coming off a loss, so it's fine. Jericho's got the cachet where he can lose, and it's fine. Is Action and part of this storyline? He's going to need people. Ricky's going to need people against Jericho appreciation society. So is Action and probably this, uh, probably part of this storyline? You need something solid with these guys. And Jericho, do I like that his feuds last an entire year? Absolutely not. One thing I always say about Chris Jericho, and this is why I thought Daniel Garcia would be good to stay with Jericho uh, instead of go with Blackpool at the time, Jericho is always going to have a plan. He's going to have something pitched. He's going to have something mapped out. He's going to understand how to you know, write the story out and go with the flow with things. He's always going to have a plan. So even if he doesn't put you over in the big match, even if Eddie Kingston should have won, uh, even if you know Orange Cassidy... Was a little on the downswing after the Jericho feud. He's always going to have some type of plan. Uh, so being involved with Jericho is typically a good thing. Uh, so if it's Ricky Starks, Action Andretti, whoever it might be, the fact that they're linked with Jericho, hopefully they have a plan with all of this, and I trust that Chris Jericho does.
2: I, I completely agree with all of that, and I, I definitely trust that Jericho has a plan for all of this. I don't know if Action Andretti is like an immediate factor in those plans like i think you can revisit that really whenever because you know i uh i I think i think we will see jericho and andretti wrestle at least a couple more times against each other like i think it will become a thing i don't know if it happens immediately though mainly because i do see them going with starks and jericho and i think starks needs to win that feud as well uh, to keep him where he um where he's at you know heading into the mjf feud or in match last night um what I would probably do, honestly, is like, if you needed, like if if you're Starks and you need help fending off the JAS, then I could definitely see like what you were saying, where like Action Andrade is like one of his allies, like to help him out during that. Um, I, I also think it'd be smart to maybe get Top Flight involved. I think Top Flight and Action Andrade is like a trios or like, I know like AC or they have AR Fox now too, but like, yeah, um, but, you know, the, my, I, I see a lot of Andretti that I see in like, like top flight and stuff like that, too, you know, and I think that they could be awesome against each other or like allied together. So maybe, you know, there's just a lot of options for for a kid with that kind of talent, that kind of youth, and that like is completely unexposed to the mainstream. Like you just put it, you got you got a new player on TV out of the complete blue pretty much. So like, um, so yeah, no, I agree with everything you're saying. I think that it should be Ricky and Jericho next. Um. But I do think they will definitely revisit Jericho and in on in Andrade or Andretti, sorry. Action Andretti. Um at uh at some point in the future for sure.
3: Uh Money Mark says he beats Jericho in a rematch. Jericho appreciates Society jumps him. Ricky Stark saves him. I don't know if I would uh have Jericho lose again, but he can beat Jake Hager in a match. Like whatever. Jake Hager Jake Hager's a good base he'll he'll throw him around a little bit that'll be a nice little match I, hager's more it seems like they'll do more like slip on a banana peel kind of victory instead of like straight clean win like it was with jericho but he can beat jake hager in a match and then do that same angle i'm not having chris jericho lose twice to action Andretti. i mean that would be great for him but you can you don't want jericho to lose so so much he's got cachet, but you want these wins to like mean something and that's why last night did mean something because before the claudio match he was beating everybody and okay he lost to claudio fine but he was beating everybody you can't have him lose 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 uh and then it's still it's diminishing returns at that point you got to have them pick up a victory or two in, in some aspect and i think maybe like tag matches will, will be good for that so we'll see uh again jericho what what say what you want about him The man has a plan when it comes to the wrestling and typically he he does he does good work in the ring and he understands how this stuff works and he's willing to give these young guys some shine so good on chris jericho yeah my aw spotlight steven jensen is hangman page he was backstage uh, continuing the feud with John Moxley, still not cleared. And he talks about his concussion and he said, yeah, like you knocked me out. I was laying there for a minute was in the ambulance and I started to come around. They asked me questions like, who'd you wrestle? Where are you at? What's the date? And then you know, I opened my phone screen. I saw my son I said, what's your son's name? And I couldn't remember my son's name. And look, if you're looking for reasoning, I we've not talked about this. What I feel is stupid discourse of was Eggman Page going after John Moxley? Mm, like, right. what are we talking about? What do you mean? Why? It's dumb. Really, for reasoning, if a man hits you so hard that you don't remember your son's name, that's gonna p- piss you off. It's like, oh well, they hit this person with a legal hold in a wrestling match. Why he lost? Why is he so mad? No, why is Ruby Soho so mad? Her nose got broken in a wrestling match. Like, people are mad when they get hit hard with this shit right? Like it, it sticks with them. And if a man hits you so hard that you don't remember your son's name, it's going to stick with that person. And they're probably going to be a little bit pissed off about it. Hangman page is great. He's been a great promo. The cowboy shit promo, one of my favorite promos, the the promo with punk, which got him in a lot of trouble. Great promo. Uh, the, the John Moxley promo, where he talks about showing up to work and how he's nervous and anxious, but he shows up and he's a man and all this stuff. Great promo. Hangman Page is just a real person talking about real life and real emotions. And this is why I think it works with Ricky Starks as well. Like, And that helps the crowd connect with everything. Not a lot of buzzwords, not a lot of catchphrases or anything like that. They're just talking about their real life experiences and people connect to that stuff. I thought this was a great promo by Hangman Page backstage. He didn't have to... Sometimes in the ring, he plays off the crowd. He go. He has his peaks and valleys with his words and stuff. He could just sit there and tell this story and not have to worry about the crowd lifting him, his voice, to another level. I thought this was great. Hangman Page is great. I cannot wait for this match. I'm really looking forward to this match.
2: Yeah, I agree. I agree with, with everything you said. You know, I... I... I think the build to this has been great too. Like I, I, I know that there's people that are, that like feel like they don't understand why this, I, I would imagine last night gave it a lot more clarity though. Like if you heard what King hey man said, that's really, clarity, had, yeah. Right. Well, like even like my friend Hughes that comes over and watches uh, AWS beyond on Wednesdays, we were watching that promo and he was like, he literally said to me, he's like, man, whether or not, like, like, I don't know if what he's saying is like, if this is real or like this is for like added emotional effect, but like that idea terrifies me. He was like, imagine not being able to recognize your kid, like because you got hit so hard. You know what I mean? Like he was like, that really, like you're like really hit him. You know? He's like, damn, I never really thought about that before. Like damn. And so like that alone right there was just so relatable to people. Like this that concept of like that's got to be terrifying to be in a situation like that. Um, and uh, I mean, yeah, the whole fe- the whole idea of the feud, it's very. It it it's like as is as basic as you could possibly get, and it's as like realistic as you could possibly get at the same time. Like it's just two guys. Like one dude took another dude out, and the dude who got taken out is basically coming back for revenge. Like he 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 knocked him out so hard he couldn't remember his kid. He's put him in a weird headspace, and he feels like he needs to kick this guy's ass now. And like Moxley's an ass kicker himself, so it's like two guys. It's cowboy shit versus you know the like the basically like the biggest badass in AEW. I mean this is two of their biggest stars. I I, I like I like everything about what they're doing with this. And I think the match is going to deliver. And it gives both guys something like really important to do without being involved with the title right now. So like I think I think it's like a win all the way across the board. I mean you got a ton of hangman fans, you got a ton of Mox fans. I you kind of choose your own adventure on this one. Like you could ride with Mox, you could ride with 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 hangman like whoever you want and just you know let them beat the hell out of each other.
3: I can't wait for it. It's going to be a great match. They're they're cutting really good promos to to build up to this match. I don't know when Hangman Page is going to be cleared, and it's possible he actually is already cleared, and it's just part of the story. We don't know. Uh, but when it happens, it's going to be great. Really looking forward to that. And then let's move on to our other spotlight, and we have some big stuff to talk about in the other spotlight. Our product is what it is. We're
2: going straight up the middle
3: no nwa stuff that's for sure no nwa stuff so sasha banks mercedes is apparently headed to wrestle kingdom that's the report that's the rumor seems it's all but confirmed by except by new japan and sasha herself but she's gonna appear at wrestle kingdom everybody's a little unsure if it's gonna be off screen on screen if she's gonna sit in the crowd if they're gonna show her if she's going to confront uh, the winner of Kyrie and Tanaka uh at Wrestle Kingdom and maybe lead to a match between the two of them, regardless, seems like she's showing up. Showing up. I don't think she's showing up and then not leading to anything. This doesn't seem like a thing of she's going to go hang out and take in Wrestle Kingdom. Seems like it's leading to something. I think Meltzer reported she's agreed to date with New Japan. She's still seemingly under WWE contract until the end of the year, and then after that seems to be free. There's been the rumor that she is uh, Soraya's partner and uh, the January 11th, AEW Dynamite, because people have, you know, speculated, Los Angeles, if you're going to do this match, why are you waiting all the way until January to do this? She has the t- tie in with Soraya because that was her last WWE match. Where what are you thinking with Sasha Banks is this, this is a big time star, big time player
2: who is going to be courting a lot of offers and maybe has already signed some type of offer. So this kind of ties into the Mandy Rose stuff just a little bit from the perspective of like being successful independently without like, and I know people, I know i the big Cody Rhodes mark and everything, but like when he left WWE, and like he, what he, what people don't give him enough credit for, I think is like, before him, people weren't doing what he was doing as far as like, doing these one-off deals all over the place like he had like he was doing impact then ring of honor then new japan then the indies and like he was going all over the place because like because his um he had the negotiating power to do that like you know if you want me i'm not willing to sign anything long term but i'll come in for this amount of money and like we'll do business and i think that was genius on his part and i think that sasha is in the same kind of position right now where like if she's going to be a free agent you know, because people are so quick to be like, where is she signing? Where is she signing? I mean, maybe she's already gotten something worked with Tony Khan and AEW and, like, that also includes New Japan because they've worked together. Or, you know, or maybe Sasha really just wants to do, like, one-off deals. Like, I mean, I think that'd be pretty badass, too, if she just told New Japan, like, listen, I'll do, you know, three matches like Jericho did or whatever for, like, X amount of money, but, like, I don't want to sign anything long-term because I also do want to go to AEW or I want to do this or that. And it's like, She, she's a big enough star in the wrestling space that like, she, she, she has the negotiating power. I think to be able to do short-term contracts, one-off contracts, long-term deals. So she has a lot of options. Um, I think if I had to like bet on it, my guess is that they've already got something worked out with Tony. And I think she'll, I think it's a bucket list thing. She's always wanted to work in New Japan. She gets to do some big matches over there and maybe go back and forth occasionally, but like I do see her, I, I I'm at least I'm pretty confident. I think she will be the the mystery partner for Paige, and I do think that she'll be an AEW going forward. Just a complete reckless speculation. I have no idea. But like that's just how it how it feels to me. I feel like if she was going back to WWE, um, she she either would have already, or we wouldn't be seeing so much of these things popping up about her, like getting ready to use other names for, for you know, like, she's, she's you know what I mean? Like, she, she's not going to be known as Sasha Banks outside the WWE, and we've seen things pop up about other names she could be using, stuff like that, so, like, I, um, but here's the thing that's confusing to me, is if her contract isn't up, or she isn't free until January, unless something has changed, which is possible, um, for all we know, and I'm not saying this happened, and it'd be, it'd be pretty surprising, but for all we know, Triple H is just like, listen, I've had a great relationship with sasha forever like we're just gonna let her out early like what's the point because we want her back at some point let's just not burn this bridge you know like let's just let her do her thing um maybe that's what happened i have no idea but like that's where it gets confusing because like if she's under WWE contract i doubt she's going to want to deal with any kind of legal battle or repercussions of showing up on new japan if she's not allowed to through her WWE deal um and also it's confusing because i don't think it's I'm not going to say worth it because Sasha's a massive star, but if they're, if New Japan is just going to have her come in and like wave to the crowd or something, because they're going to have to pay her a lot of money just to show up, like to begin with. So like, and it, which, which rightfully so, like you should. She, but like, I feel like my my whole point is basically, I feel like if she's going to be on Wrestle Kingdom, like she should be wrestling and they should be promoting that ahead of time because that's what the that's the return on investment in my opinion is like you give her a lot of money to show up, but you got to tell people she's going to be there like that's that's how you get all these extra people to buy wrestle kingdom before it happens now you could also generate a lot of buzz coming out of wrestle kingdom of course for like uh new japan world subscriptions and stuff like that if sasha's at the show and it, now it's being said like oh wow what, what's was sasha doing here like oh wait she's here she's looking at Kyrie and Kyrie's holding the title and they're looking at each other from the crowd and like okay it's being heavily implied we're gonna get sasha banks in the future here at new japan there's still definitely value in that of course but I just feel like there's way more value in it for New Japan if, like, she's wrestling on the show and they're promoting it ahead of time. But I don't know if that's even, like, legally possible she is still in her WWE deal and can't wrestle anywhere else. So it's just the timing is weird that it's happening. Because I guess, why well, I shouldn't say it. So is she going to be out of her deal by Wrestle Kingdom or no? Because it's January, like, 4th?
3: Yeah, so- well, it seems like end of the year is when she's out of her deal. Let me throw, let me throw this one at you, Jensen. Is people think that she's just out of her deal and okay she's the mystery partner she's showing up to wrestle kingdom and everything what if she's not the mystery partner what i don't know who it is but what if it's not her and what if triple h just decided he's working with new japan carl anderson's working the wrestle kingdom show carl anderson worked the show yesterday there's some relationship there where people can do their stuff if sasha she's a big enough star triple h is Loosen the reins on a lot of this um working independent shows and working other promotions and everything. We know Shinsuke is going over to, to uh Noah
2: uh, oh yeah, yeah. to
3: to to work uh that show against uh Kejimoto. So we know he's loosening the reins. What if Sasha's like, yo, I want to go there, I want to work this. Kyrie, they had a good relationship with Kyrie. When she left and everything, because she was still like a WWE ambassador when she went to Japan before her deal ended and then she signed with Stardom. So they seem to have still a good relationship with her. What if Sasha's just like, I want to work Kyrie, I want to work some New Japan, I want to work Stardom, and then we'll circle back around and I'll return to WWE. So, what? if she is still actually under WWE contract, she remains under WWE contract. And this is a WWE call that she is being allowed to do this.
2: Honestly, if that's the case, that's like, that's best case scenario for the WWE best case scenario for Sasha, best case scenario for the fans, in my opinion, because I do think Sasha is best is best in WWE. Like, I think, I think that she would be super successful in AEW. She'd be like the face of, of like one of the main faces of just the company in general, Um, but like, she's so well established in WWE and has such a a plethora of just talent she can work with there. Um, so uh, if if that, if that's the scenario, I mean, and that also that obviously sends a really, uh, really cool and interesting message to the rest of the roster too. When you can say like, listen, like we're letting Nakamura do some stuff outside of here. We're letting Carl Anderson do some stuff outside of here. We're letting Sasha do some stuff outside of here. That's where, like, I think that could become really valuable if that's the case for other wrestlers, like, uh like a Dolph Ziggler or someone, for instance, who like, you know, like, hey, if you want to do something like New Japan, the doors open, you know what I mean? Like, like, so I, I think that, uh, that would be awesome. That would be awesome if that was the case. Um, and then once again, I'm not like dead set on like Sasha's going to AEW or Sasha's doing this or that. Um, I honestly think the best case scenario for her would be to work things out with the WWE because she's just such a massive star in that company. Um, so, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I hadn't even really considered that idea, but, um, but that is a very good point considering they are letting WWE talent do some stuff in new Japan. So like they're, it's, it's definitely possible that they, they, maybe they are just allowing Sasha to do a few shots with new Japan. And then the, the expectation is she's going to be coming back to WWE after, or they'll do some sort of mix in where she kind of goes back and forth occasionally or something. I'm,
3: um that's kind of where I'm at with this is I kind of think this is a WWE play here. Um, And maybe that's just me. I I, I don't know. I I don't want to get my expectation too high where she's the AEW mystery person. And then when it's not Sasha, it's like, Oh, well this feels like a letdown. Um, WWE return. I think that's, it's best for WWE. It'd be great for them to have Sasha back. I, I don't know if that's best for her. WWE obviously has the biggest platform and everything. Here's the thing with Sasha. She likes to, to do things differently. She likes to make history. She is that person who wants to you know be bigger than, than everything and be the, the top star, as she should be, because she has that quality. She is that good in the ring. She might view this as a personal challenge of like, I'm going to go to AEW, and help push them over the top help push that women's division over the top she might see this as a big personal challenge and that's the route she decides to go that would not shock me at all it also wouldn't shock me if she's like WWE is the biggest platform if they're gonna allow me to do all of this stuff that I want to do why wouldn't I just remain on the biggest platform so I'm of multiple minds of this which probably isn't good she don't probably only have one mind uh but I, it could go a lot of different ways and we're just going to have to see January 4th, what happens. And then we're going to have to see January 11th, what happens. Um, But Sasha has options. We know she has options. She just finished a movie uh in, in November. Whenever that comes out, it's going to come out. She says she's going to work on a makeup line. She's got, got like a CBD line. She's been doing fashion week and in, in modeling work and everything. Sasha Banks can do Pretty much whatever she wants. She was on Bailey's stream, her charity stream yesterday. I listened to that whole thing. Uh, didn't give a ton of insight into like her future when it comes to wrestling. They made some jokes. Her and Bailey made some jokes and everything, but you know she didn't outright say like I'm gonna be at Wrestle Kingdom. I'm signing with AEW. You wouldn't expect that news to break. She wants it to be a surprise, but she knows how to get people talking. She's she's. I think she can be the biggest star, especially on the women's side, but even outside the women, i think she could be one of the biggest stars in all of wrestling she has that kind of quality we will see what ends up happening if it's a if it's a AEW thing if that's where she ends up and then she's working stardom shows new japan shows and everything that's a massive massive win i think for wrestling as a whole because that she's a game changer she's an absolute game changer and she brings more eyeballs to both of those brands and i think that's i think that's good for both of those brands Jensen, your other spotlight this week was the match between Josh Alexander and Speedball Mike Bailey from last week's Impact Wrestling that went an hour until Josh Alexander pick up the victory. Speedball has been on an incredible, incredible run this year, and I'm working on something about his 2022. And I don't know if this was the best match that he had, uh but it of the year because he's had a lot of great matches it's up there though like they an hour match and like it didn't feel like an hour this match was incredible your thoughts
2: oh yeah i completely agree that that's why i wanted to you know, bring it up today um you can watch uh Joel and Crest to talk in uh you know in more detail about this from their uh their review over on the well on the same channel here uh for impact but um yeah i, I mean speedball i've said it a lot of times in recent months like speedball if you're looking at just straight up in ring year like i just the matches i think speedball has had the best 2022 of any wrestler on the planet um now if you're taking it into consideration like mainstream and like like fame and in and like those stories and, and all that kind of stuff like i'd probably put like moxley up there or roman you know like i i i get that but like strictly just matches i i think speedball had the best year of anybody and this was like the cherry on top of that and another and this another one of those things that i get salty about a little bit for for personal reasons because you know i'm in atlanta i'll probably go to hard to kill um you know in a month or whatever and like that's the kind of stuff I want to see live. Like that's like that's like I want to see Speedball versus versus Josh Alexander. I want to see you know Trey Miguel versus Josh Alexander and Ace Austin and Chris Bay and these guys against Josh Alexander. Like I'm still not interested in Josh Alexander versus Bully Ray. And I think this like proved my point so much this past Thursday where it's like. See, I was like just saying the other week they should like why is it why is it Bully Ray and not someone like Speedball in this position? It's like oh, okay, so at least we got to see Speedball and Josh Alexander go an hour, but like, like that should be the standard. Is like those kind of guys and having those kind of matches with Josh Alexander, not like, not Bully Ray, and then, and then even like Josh wrestled you know Moose uh, I think on, uh, on like this next set of tapings I believe, yeah. um, and stuff like that. So like they're doing a better mix of like, Impact. Versus like uh, like OG TNA people wrestling him and stuff like that, but like I don't know. That's just really the main reason I wanted to bring it up because Speedball's had a great year, and that's not to take anything away from Josh Alexander, who's also had a phenomenal 2022. Like especially man when when Ethan Page left Impact and they split up the North, everyone really felt like Ethan was going to be fine, and like he's just now kind of like you know hitting his stride in AEW. It took longer than what people expected based on like his talent level and stuff. But um I you know the, the big question mark was like what's gonna happen to Josh Alexander because like we knew he was good, but like Ethan was kind of like the breakout star, it felt like of that group if they were going to do a split and Ethan if Ethan was gonna stay, which you know, which he didn't. And then it was kind of like, Well, what's gonna happen to Josh? And like the next thing you know, he's the exhibition champion, has a great run with that title, it was banger after banger after banger. Now he's the world champion, banger after banger after banger. So I want to give credit to both guys, uh, Josh Alexander and Speedball. Both had fantastic 2022s, not just in Impact, but all over the Indies, all over the world. Um, and uh, and go out of your way to watch this match from this past Thursday, because I mean it was it was a fantastic one hour match, and like the ending was great too. Because like you know I, I I it's cliche how they all, how so many of these matches come down to like the last few seconds, right? And, like they barely get it before the three count. But this was like the kind of match where like it worked really really well in my opinion. So um so yeah i mean you can't say enough good things about both of those guys just two, two, two two of the best in the world right now in, in the ring so
3: they released the full match on youtube without the commercials oh and did and they think yeah, cool yeah. i didn't know so, that hell yeah so yes yeah, so you can you can watch that uh if you want to watch the the Full hour long spectacle without the commercials. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's on the the impact YouTube. But yeah, it flew by. Like, you know me, I've said it a bunch of times. I like my 12 to 18 minute matches. You go over that and I'm like, uh, I ain't doing this. Uh, which is insane because one of my favorite matches of all time is Michael's and Brett, the Iron Man match. Uh, and it's one of the matches that like really got me into wrestling. Um, but yeah, it, it doesn't feel like it's an hour, it goes by very quickly. They they never run out of gas through, throughout it. Uh, I'd like to go back and like rewatch and compare it to Hangman and Danielson because that is one of my favorite hour long matches. Because that's one where get, they don't go like they just go from the moment of the bell. There's not a lot of resting in that match. There's not a lot of resting in this match either. So credit to credit to both men. Just a, a tremendous tremendous match. And yeah, Speedball, look, he's my wrestler of the year. I, I understand if. He's not going to get it because he hasn't had like high profile matches on national television, like a John Moxley, like a Roman Reigns, even like a Takeshka. Um, like they, they just, he just haven't had those matches. His, his top matches have been on impact. And if you can find impact, bless you. But as far as in ring belt of L just the top quality performances, tough to beat speedball, Mike Bailey in the 2022 that he's had. Um, Paige Danielson won the one the one that went an hour. Dax is a good shout for, for Wrestle Wrestler of the Year as well. Um, yeah, he he's been a, he's had a tremendous year and he's had high profile matches on television too. So that, that helps his case. And let's move on to our indies spotlights.
2: I'm gonna give a big motherfucking shout out.
3: Any spotlight, Steven Jensen. We are gonna start with Wakingo. He's coming to the US. Uh, and he's doing some independent shows, but no one will be able to watch them. Uh, he's one of the live, yeah. He's one of the biggest stars in AAA, maybe the biggest star. Um, and I was excited to looking forward to his, his U.S. run, the, the AAA shows that I've seen, he's been fantastic on. And now, you know, because of the, the AAA deal, AAA policy, whatever it might be, you can't watch these matches that are gonna be on like gcw I and mean, pwg no one actually sees the pwg stuff um well if they do it's gonna be like next year yeah, yeah it's gonna it's gonna be a year from now um but yeah it's it's unfortunate in the day and age we live in where streaming is the most accessible way to just watch all of wrestling you're not gonna be able to experience the kingo and th- i think this is a big detriment to him i think this is a detriment to AAA as well and i I don't really understand it.
2: Yeah. I mean, the only thing I can think of is like, is if triple a has worked something out with Brett and GCW and like, or anywhere else that Vikingo is wrestling, but I mean, I'm going to mainly talk about GCW, but like, if he's worked out something to where like triple a is going to be airing that match later, like, and they want the rights to, to that. Like, I, I get that a little bit more, but if it's something where just like, no, one's ever going to get to see this match. Um, or you're going to see it like way later on like fight plus whenever they like approve that it's okay or whatever like that's kind of lame like i mean and that and, you know the only people get to see it are the people that are there live which is like i don't know like it's it's it isn't it, it isn't like this but it just reminds me of uh remember that old South park episode cartman land where he yes. buys the steam park oh, okay. and doesn't let anyone in yeah so like it's kind of like that it's like we have El Hijo david kingo and He's wrestling Blake Christian. It's gonna be one of the best matches you're gonna see all year. But you can't see it. It's <laughs> like, Oh, oh, that stings. But like the people that get in get to see it. But like if you're not in that building, you don't get to see it. What
3: um, what they what they gotta do is they the cell phones, everyone has one nowadays. Mm. Film the whole thing, put it up, don't put it up on YouTube. It'll get pulled, everything. Put it up on like a uh, don't condone this. Uh put it up on a torrent site all right we all did this back in the day when a new movie released or whatever and it's like fast and furious uh in parentheses cam like so it's just a camera footage fact, like the like the thing is shaking everything is you're trying to watch this movie and then uh, maybe you get caught you know, put it down for a second but you, oh, you yeah. hear the audio can't see the screen Br- just like movies, someone dude. filming it in Dude, the theater on their little camera phone.
2: I, I grew up watching so many bootleg movies because yeah. I had a, my next door neighbor We go to the barbershop. And every time we go to the barbershop, we come back with like a $1 DVD of like someone sitting in a movie theater. Like you see people like getting up in front of the camera yes. and someone moving yes. around. Yeah, <laughs> I watched a lot of movies back, back in the day with my, shout out Marcus Thomas. I've been talking to that guy in, in at least a decade. But yeah, my little next door neighbor, Marcus, you go, go to the barbershop, you'd always come back with uh with some bootleg dvds so i know i know i know about that um uh but yeah i uh yeah so you're right somebody on their on their phone has got at least get some clips for us or something um because like you said pwg you get to see their their stuff like six six to eight months later or whatever it is like it's it's insane we talked about that on the show before too but like um yeah it it is it, it sucks because like the kingo has a lot of buzz and he's like. And didn't PWI rank him in like the top 10 too. And like a lot of people yeah. like really don't even know about it still. Like this was going to be a big tour of the U S for him. And like, no one's going to get to see it. So it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's kind of lame.
3: It's a bummer again with the day and age and streaming. Like we want to watch these matches now. And speaking of like streaming stuff very quickly, cause we, we haven't talked about it. ROH after all of this time and effort that they put into it on AEW television Honor Club's back, and that's how you're watching the weekly television for $9.99 a month. This feels like a big miss for Tony Khan and ROH, that the weekly show is just going to live on Honor Club, and you're going to have to... I understand the library is there uh, for fans like me and Jensen, where we love the library, we love the old ROH content, but if you're just looking for the new show, nine ninety nine 99 to watch the weekly ROH show that'll likely be taped is is a tough sell
2: no i think they should have got in on fight plus or something i i get i get that like there's more money to be made than doing it in-house and like them charging for their own subscription service and stuff like that i get that but i think i think way more people would be watching and be like investing like monetarily in it if it was a part of like the the five dollar a month like fight plus and stuff like if if you could like if you can get like parallel buzz between like gcw and ring of honor together on that platform i think that would be big for both of the companies um i Listen, I love Tony Khan. Right. Like, I, I I give him all the credit in the world. Like, this dude's like around our age. He's a lifelong fan. You know, I'm a big action figure collector. That dude has his figure fed on national television. Like, I respect what this man is doing with AEW so much. But I'm gonna keep it real when I need to. And like the Ring of Honor thing seems like a giant L from the perspective of like there's no way this was the what he wanted. Because like if if you were just going to do honor club, you could have been doing that the whole time. Like there was no, like, you know what I mean? There was no need to shut anything oh, they, down. They definitely
3: worked and were trying to get something that wasn't YouTube honor club. I mean, he even right. said like, yeah, I can throw this up on YouTube, but I want bigger than that. And what turned out to be bigger than that was charging. I think you got to lower the right. price. I think $5 Same. a month is a lot more palpable for, for this type of thing. Um, people, you know, two super says, I thought it was going to be on TV. I kind of gave up on the TV thing when they didn't announce it on the show. Like when Tony was basically saying, "Hey, we'll, I'll talk about it in the press conference and everything." I, I kind of didn't think it was going to be that great of a deal because if you have a TV announcement, you're putting out press releases. You're going to announce it on the pay per view. The fact that they went the entire pay per view didn't announce anything. I'm like, uh, I'm I'm worried about this, and I think this is again, I think it's a miss.
2: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree with you, and and that's um. You know, and I think that's also it was pretty telling too, because like they it seemed like they put the title, the Ring of Honor World Title, on Chris Jericho pretty specifically to try to secure a TV deal, and then they took the title off of him once they realized they weren't weren't getting one. You know, it, it all seems kind of yeah. like hand in hand, and um. Yeah, um, I uh. I, I mean, I hope it works out all right for him. I just don't. It's, you know, I talked about this with Doug on Tuesday a little bit, too, and he brought up a good point. You know, if you're like Turner or any of these big, uh, you know, potential suitors for like being a TV distributor for AEW or for really any pro wrestling company, if Tony Khan comes to you and he's like, and this is just strictly from the perspective of like a big wig decision making person on a network like this that you have to pitch this to who has to sign off on something like this. I, it's it's a really difficult sell if you're tony Khan. i feel like because you'd have to go to them and be like all right like i have this idea it's just this, this different wrestling company and like this is what it is and these are kind of the numbers we could bring in and this is what the library looks like and the talent involved and this and that and they can look at that and be like okay but like okay where's the bottom line like how much money can we expect to make on this and it's like okay why would we want that, though, when you already have this AEW thing? We want more AEW. Like, AEW is proven to be a business that makes money for us. Like So, like, that's why it's so difficult, I think, Tony Khan being in a position like this, because he could pitch Ring of Honor to, to anyone he wants. But, like, at the end of the day, I think those people he pitches to are just going to be like, I want AEW. Like, if we can make a deal, like, I want AEW, but what's the point of me buying this Ring of Honor thing? You know what I mean? Like, AEW is the brand. So, like, that that's where he's just in a tough spot like i don't I don't, and i don't think i'll, I'll be completely honest as as is bringing out of honor is you know i'll have the longevity of the company i mean we've seen it even with some Clarence stuff they've always had a hard time finding any distributor that like anyone really had access to or like really cared about like i probably like fight like hd hd net or whatever that was like that like that was like maybe HDNet. the best done yeah like i mean and that was when they were all that wasn't like i think like mark cuban was running it and he was like he also had like new big japan on MMA. There. Yeah. yes yeah that was the main reason i was watching the channel at the time because they were running a lot of mma events um yeah but but so but anyway that's my whole point i guess is like ring of honor has never really been successful of securing like a big tv deal anywhere and it's been you know two decades um obviously tony khan gives him way better chance at that but Once again, if you're a decision maker at a network like that, I think you're just going to want more AEW programming. Like, why would you want to put your money into to Ring of Honor? So that's just how I kind of feel about it.
3: Uh, Honor Club is
2: available. We will see what the
3: weekly television looks like whenever it gets launched. They don't have a launch date for that. Um, Again, I imagine it's going to be taped. I imagine they're going to tape in bulk. Very early NXT vibes when it was on WWE Network. And I've seen a lot of people... Make that comparison. I understand that. I mean, look, those NXT programs were great. One hour, easy to Mm -hmm. consume, go through it, build to the pay-per-view and everything. Obviously, big difference in that the NXT pay-per-views were still on WWE Network. And you got all, you got, you weren't just paying 999 for NXT television. You got the WWE pay-per-views on there as well. This is just, you're paying for the archive and you're paying for just weekly television. Um, Jensen, last one, Cruel has vacated the IWTV uh, championship. And now we're about to crown a new champion. We talked about his title victory a few weeks ago when he beat AC Mac, ending AC Mac's reign. And now Cruel's reign ends after like two title defenses. What Can, can you provide some insight on like what's happening here?
2: yeah so i need to pull up the uh the eight i know i have four of them in front of me but i don't know where i think they updated it on twitter who the who the, all eight of the uh people are going to be for the, so they're going to do a gauntlet match soon to crown a new champion it's going to be four former iwtv independent wrestling world champions and then um four top ranked uh talents i know i remember one of them was trisha dora one of them was matt uh i don't know Matt. tree i know hoodfoot was on there um i gotta pull it up sorry independent wrestling.tv uh, or is it was it was it uh on youtube or on twitter iwt or it's at, at Indy wrestling if you're reading the wrong thing okay so here it is it's um so the four former champions that are going to be a part of it are ac mac warhorse alex shelley and hot sauce tracy williams and then the four non-former champions that are highly ranked are um Hoodfoot, Adam Priest, Trisha Dora, and Matt Tremont. So we got a pretty stacked eight-person gauntlet match there to crown a new champion. Um essentially what's happened, um, I'll read this right off the independent website to explain like kayfabe, what has happened with Cruel. Um, in, in reality, what I've heard, I've heard some rumblings of him getting injured during Matt Tremont, the Matt Tremont match. Um, and they're just kind of like quietly trying to you know, do something different that doesn't involve him actually dropping the belt. So, um, IWTV put out this statement Cruel has vanished following rumors that the monster sustained a serious injury in his first world championship defense against deathmatch legend Matt Tremont. The IWTV independent wrestling world championship appeared at ICW No Holds Bard volume 20, uh, 37, where he was electrocuted and had his skull bashed in. So, that's how they're like writing it off. He was electrocuted and had his skull bashed in. It says, All attempts to track down Cruel directly and through third party uh have been ignored uh few, with future events in integrity of the championship in mind i mean iwtv officials have made the decision to strip cruel of the title effective immediately then ex- explains the, the eight-person golden match so that's pretty much to get you all caught up um in reality cruel was injured um you know i hope uh i hope he gets better soon of course he's obviously he's a big part of mlw's match Kruger too um and he's been doing a great job i've been saying for a long time cruel um well i believe his real name is logan creed or at least that's what he wrestled under at 1.2 um i think that dude is like a slam dunk for the wwe at some point he's huge he can do like tope suicidas and stuff like he can do everything and he's massive um and i just you know i think he sells a super bright future but um he brought something totally different to the table as the as that wtv champion you know it was it was a short run but um we normally see you know more technical guys like Tracy Williams and, and, uh, and Jonathan Gresham and, and, uh, you know, Lee Moriarty and Wheeler, you know, those kind of guys holding that title. Um, so like cruel was something completely different for that belt. And I was actually kind of excited to see something different uh, with the belt. Um, but you know, and now the real question is like, who's going to be the new champion coming out of, you know, out of that gauntlet match. And, uh, there's a lot of good options there. You know, um, I don't think they go back to one of the former champions, so I think it's going to be someone new. So I think it's either going to be Hoodfoot, Priest, Trisha Door, or Matt Tremont. Um, and I, I think it's going to come down. I think it's either going to be Trisha Door or Adam Priest. It's like my, that's who I'm kind of like honing in on. I, I, I like everyone involved in this though. Um, but Trisha Dora, you know, it feels like she's still, for some reason, is like super overlooked. Like she should be on mainstream television. And um, Adam Priest has just been absolutely killing it all year all over the place. But like same for Hoodfoot. Like saying Tremont's just a legend, you know what I mean? Like, so it's like there's it's a really good they put together eight good people for this thing. Um, and really anyone could be the champion. My official prediction though, I'm gonna say Adam Priest gets the job done is my is my prediction. I think he'll be the new champion.
3: When you read off that list, Adam Priest was kind of my first thought of of who was going to win this and and represent it across you know, multiple promotions, defended across multiple promotions so i i, I kind of i'm leaning with you that it's going to be adam priest should be a fun fun gauntlet match uh oh, so we'll see what happens with the iwtv independent wrestling championship yes any style adam priest <laughs> jensen you gotta run before we hit our interview with dan the dad let everybody know where they find you at
2: yes y'all can find me on twitter at fight talk underscore F I G H T T A L K underscore you can use code FIGHT talk all is one word, no spaces on independentwrestling.tv or at wtv.live. Um, watch the match that I was just talking about. Um, in a, in a couple weeks, um, it might even be like later this week, it's, be, it's, right, it's on like the, the 30th, so I guess like half a month. Um, Fightful Select Weekender podcast every Sunday or Monday, depending on how I've been busy lately. And I'll be doing a well, it reminds me, so subscribe to fightfulselect.com, listen to the Weekender. This Sunday, I'll be back at CDW Championship District Wrestling. I think I'm going to be commentating some more matches there. Um, regardless, I'll be in the house, hanging out, talking to some wrestlers and stuff. And, uh, you know, and uh, so I'm looking forward to it. I, I, they told me I'm going to do some commentary. I just don't know what matches yet. Um, but check that out. Uh, and we will most likely be having Jameson Ryan and Diamond Sheik back on here for another interview probably you'll I'll probably be with y'all here next Thursday. I just gotta reach out to him and uh and get that locked down. Um also have some stuff brewing with um a world champion chess boxing champion which is like a real thing chess yes. and boxing hybrid hybrid sport. So like I we got some pretty interesting cool fun interviews coming up for y'all uh to round the year out and then uh starting off 2023 strong as well so uh appreciate y'all listening make sure to subscribe to my stuff, follow me on my social media and whatnot and uh, enjoy this conversation. You're going to hear here in a second with uh, myself and uh, and uh, Jeremy Lambert and our, uh, our special guest here. So hope you uh, hope you all enjoy everything. And it's, I'll see Benson. you on the shoot job. Oh, I want to see you at the shoot job. I'm going <laughs> to go lock clock in for my, we're shoot all going to, yeah, we're
3: all going to and- invade your shoot job and tell them to, Tell him to fire you so we can do more wrestling yes.
2: content. Together. And I love Dan the Dad, by the way. It was great to catch up with him for this conversation. And obviously he blew up big time recently. We're going viral with his uh with his stuff. So like I really hope you enjoy this conversation. He's he's a guy who's been really good to me over the years. So like I really uh I appreciate him and I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you, Jeremy. I'm gonna go clock in for work. <laughs> Jensen, thank you as always. Everyone follow Steven
3: Jensen at fight talk underscore on the twitter if you would like to do that uh support the weekender fightfulselect.com listen to that there's my dad book Jeremy the dad book um yes let's get into it Dan the dad he was recently on AEW dark he's been on AEW a handful of times uh he he flicked to leona and the nose in a very dangerous spot uh he's been around independent wrestling for a while now he runs his own promotion uh he's he's Excellent at the comedy style, which I know is not everyone's cup of tea, but Dan the Dad explains why. Hey, it has a place in pro wrestling, and it certainly does. We got some other things. What '90s dads on television does Dan the Dad influenced by? He tells us that. Tells us a bunch of other uh, fun stories. His his collectible. You know, we ask everybody what's your favorite thing in your room. Uh, he gives us, he gives a really fun answer, unique answer that I certainly did not see. Very niche answer, honestly. Uh so a lot of fun stuff from Dan the Dad. Hope you guys enjoy it. Here we go. Our creator spotlight with independent wrestler Dan the Dad.
2: Welcome to the Creator Spotlight, the interview portion of the spotlight here on Fightful. I am Steven Jensen, as always with Jeremy Lambert, and we have a first time guest to the spotlight here today. We have Dan the Dad, who I've known for a long time, uh, a guy that I owe a lot to, uh, giving me interviews back when very few people were giving me interviews uh, years back. So a guy who I always uh, have greatly appreciated. I remember him back as the Millennial, uh, a lot of stuff throughout the Glory Pro days, and now we're got him, you know, part of AEW, doing great stuff, part of the PWR Tag Team Champions with Jake Manning. Uh, we have Dan the Dad. How you doing, man?
0: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, guys.
2: Thanks for joining us. We we really appreciate
3: it. I mean, I'm going to ask the question right out of the gate that I think everyone wants to know: Is Toa Leona okay? Like, did did you check on him after the match to to make sure he was good? What happened there?
0: You know, it's my first incident uh, of being accused of being an unsafe worker, but uh, I think Toa is okay. Uh, I, I did reach out to him to to make sure to, to apologize for the uh, working stiff on on dark last week, but. Uh, I think he's all right. I mean, he won the six-man uh, the tag team champions there, so uh, I think he's having a better week uh, this week. <laughs> and he got his weapons on me later on the match. I feel like if you didn't see the whole match, then you know that he indeed did yes. squish me in the corner with some sort of pounce maneuver, and uh, that didn't look good. So, uh, so it was okay, but he's a good guy.
2: How How does it feel? Um, got, kind of going viral recently, man. Like I, I thought it was really cool seeing that clip blow up. Yeah. You know, it was
0: fun. It was, Indianapolis was, was cool, you know, cause it, I, I think the biggest thing was um, I guess there was an assumption that that's my hometown or that I was, those are my fan like you know, people that have seen me before, but it really wasn't. I'm from St. Louis. I've only probably wrestled in Indianapolis two, three times in my close to nine year career. So um, yeah, it was cool just to kind of be able to get that kind of reaction and have that kind of fun with, you know, you know, a crowd that was outside of really, my area so um even even if they just thought i looked like a stupid dad guy or whatever you know they got into it so that was that was a lot of fun you know hopefully we can keep the momentum going but uh even if it was you know just one little thing and having a a fun week with that was was cool
3: how did dan the dad come about how did did this creation come into the wrestling world
0: um other than i started to feel like a dad because (laughs) I'll be, I'll be 30 next month. So that's kind (laughs) of, you start to feel older. You, you start to realize that, you know, even, you know, Stephen like you said, I I used to wrestle as the millennial, but now millennials are parents. So it's not even really. (laughs) Um, So, you know, it comes about from just being a a natural dork and being made fun of by Ethan Page and some people over the years who kind of pitched the idea of this Dan, the dad character. And then it just, it, I, I sort of just bought into it because it was uh, a lot easier for me to portray than trying to act like I was cooler than everyone because clearly I'm not so um, it was just uh gave it a try and just kind of leaned into it because it's uh, it started to become more fun to put on a show for the fans and connect with them and in a more meaningful way and you know that the first time I, I gave it a try it was... Uh, set you know the, the millennial was was a thing of the past so sorry steven i know you were a big fan back in the uh southern underground pro days or right, i see you there in nashville but uh things are going pretty good now
2: yeah yeah the no new friends days man i i remember those days very fondly i actually remember you telling me in an interview years ago that you wanted to get more into comedy wrestling at that time and i don't know if you had Created Dan the Dad, or we're doing it at that point yet. But I always that always stuck with me because I remember you mentioning guys like Orange Cassidy and stuff, and being like, I really want to really try something in that space. And um, how does it feel? I mean, it must be really rewarding that like it's been such a success for you. You know, all these years later.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, like I said before, it's just about connecting with people, and you know, there's uh, wrestling can be. Um, just, it can be fun and it can be something that people can really latch onto, even if they're not huge fans from, you know, a lot, we kind of take it for granted, think that you know, everyone's a wrestling fan, growing up watching it in eighties, nineties, whatever. But um, there's a lot of people out there that have never seen it, they've never heard of it. And they they'll come see it, especially seeing like a independent wrestling live for the first time. And it, it's nice to kind of be that, uh, maybe an entry point for people to, to get into, uh, wrestling show because then then once they're nice and settled in and understand what's going on and they've had the laugh then out comes someone like josh alexander or eddie kingston or somebody who's gonna kick ass and now they're they're all set up for those guys as well so you know it all just it's fun to be part of something that all works together you know there's no i don't like to sit here and act like my style of of wrestling is better than anyone else's and it all just uh, it makes for a fun variety show so i'm happy to to find a Kind of finally find my place with it, you know, because you, you try so hard to find a footing and, and, you know, make a career out of it. But, um, you know, lately it's been, been going pretty good, but better than it was before. Even if uh, uh, I was doing a good job getting myself around, but you just kind of get, you almost get a little bored just being a guy in boots and trunks, and, or at least I did. So we threw out some New Balance and gave that a try. but <laughs> It's been cool.
3: Were there any influences when it came to the comedy wrestling style? Like orange Cassidy has blown up Danhausen, Housen Cole Cabana. I feel like is, I don't know. I don't want to say he was like the first sort of I mean, bushwhackers might even be like the first sort of comedy wrestlers. Um, but were there any influences when, when it came into getting into that style?
0: Yeah. I mean, well, obviously orange Cassidy, he was, he's, he's the best at it and still is, um, certainly was, uh, you know, a few years ago when I started trying this is when he was, was taken off. So, um watched him a lot got a lot of uh, influence and advice from him over the years but uh, going further back you know it's like there's these characters that have existed in wrestling forever you know it's like it's not this new thing that indie wrestling came up with in the past few years i mean it's it goes back to i remember like my, my, my dad was whenever i asked him about you know wrestlers that he remembers from back in the 80s and 90s he brings up people like Papa Shango and IRS and Sergeant Slaughter and Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And it's like, you know, those are the, you see people like that and you can kind of go back and and study even some of their mannerisms, and how they connected with the crowd, even if, uh, you know, they came out with a goofy look or uh, some sort of funny attitude or something. They're all still perfectly uh, sound wrestlers in the ring and uh, you know, it's just something that people remember they just remember great characters and that's what i try to you know just bring bring to the table when it comes to being memorable and uh, you know still still having a great match i'll still get serious here now and now and then but that's kind of what you know portraying a character allows you to do eventually uh dan the dad does have to get serious and does have to have some sort of you know street fight of some sort or false count anywhere something which i've done recently and it's uh it's fun to kind of play both sides of of just this character and explore it and you know, there's a million ways you can go with it
3: you have to put people in time out dan the dad's got to get strict send them to their room
0: right once in a while it's not all fun and games
2: <laughs> well and uh you know recently i i think it's been uh great you and jake manning teaming together i think that that's working really well uh can you kind of speak to that how y'all linked up and uh the success that you are having together as a team
0: yeah i mean i mean uh man scout's great so at revolver we ended up just getting matched up in a, a singles match because of course dan the dad's got to fight man scout jake manning and that's just a natural pairing but um you know it, it's a a story that's been told a, a bunch of times in wrestling when two people have a have a match and how they respect each other and then they decide to join forces because of uh, there was some uh, some heels that needed a, their comeuppance and uh, but it was fun to to kind of get together and uh, I mean he's very talented too I've known him for a long time we obviously have you know sort of adjacent uh, characters that work well together so um, it was it was a natural fit and we ran all with it. And, uh, yeah, then the last or a couple weeks ago, the, we won the Revolver Tag Team Championships, and that was a really cool moment. Just because the crowd the, was the, are the ones that really pushed for it, and were, were the ones who uh, really uh, they they latched on to our characters and this team. And so you know, we we got that win and kind of had that moment with the crowd, and, you know, and it was a huge crowd because uh, uh, you know Revolver always has stacked shows. so They had Kenta there and a bunch of other. Great wrestlers from all over the world, and to kind of, you know, get that reaction alongside uh, talent like that is, was Was really cool, and I, I love Revolver just for that reason. Just being able to, to do what we do um, in front of a huge, awesome crowd in the Des Moines area. A lot of people from the Midwest travel there as well. I'll see them at other shows, and whether it's Kansas City or St. Louis or Chicago, and everything. And it's like a, it's become a really good uh, promotion that brings uh, people together from all over. So it's it's one of my favorite places to go
2: awesome massive pop for the win by the way massive pop from the crowd so yeah uh,
0: therefore so if i can get that i know i've done my job (laughs)
3: how how did you decide to use the the dad joke for anyone who doesn't know it is the you know got something there you go flick them in the nose like when did you like i'm going to incorporate this in a wrestling match
0: that was early on i'm i was in a it was a four-way so a lot of this came came to be when um, alpha One wrestling um up in uh, ontario so which is a place that uh, was was run by ethan page at the time and he would bring a lot of great talents i remember it was like a, a four-way or a, a six-way match of some sort that it was like maybe my third or fourth time even trying the character out up there and uh <laughs> we were like i pitched it to it was Rick, ricky shane page actually i was like what if? what about this what if i just say something on your shirt and flick your nose and I, I think he laughed so hard at just the pitching the idea of that spot and i was like you know what let's give it a try and then it worked and then it became just a staple of something i do uh, to find different creative ways to find you know something on someone's shirt and, and make them look foolish but it was very early on it was like one of the first i think like the first dad Joke or dad thing that I thought of to incorporate, and that's just kind of been there. I guess almost every match that I've done since then, it's not overused by now.
2: Has there been one yet that, I mean, I guess you don't want to spoil it. Maybe if you have some tricks up your sleeve, but has there been any that you've like really considered and you haven't, you haven't gone with yet or like, you know, it's something you want to throw out there that you think people just think is real just a really funny concept oh there's plenty i mean
0: i one of the, my favorite things about the the character is how many suggestions it's like a it's like i need a suggestion box at the gimmick table or something because it, everyone just has ideas whether you know someone maybe the heel goes to touch the thermostat or maybe the heel hasn't done his homework or something we get things like that but um yeah there's definitely uh a few uh jokes or some shtick that i've i've got uh uh in the backlog we'll, we'll see if we can get to it soon but Um, But there's also the old, the the reliable something on your shirt, or just you know, dad gets angry and gets the belt out. And uh, there's, but there's plenty to do, and that's the fun thing about it. Is like there's like so much uh, dad-related content to just borrow from, whether it's old sitcoms or jokes or or my dad or anyone's dad,
2: really. Well, that's the next question. Like, what kind of sitcoms or movies? Like, what kind of other dads have you have you really taken influence from?
0: I mean, every, pretty much every 90s sitcom dad, whether it's, uh, or like Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince or even, even to Homer Simpson or just things that, uh, you know, you take things from different, whether they're more strict or angry dads or uh, a kind dad, or, you know, like the dad from Boy Meets World or something, you know, there's, there's just different, there's so many different levels to it, but, you know, don't obviously don't want to get, too angry or too strict because that's a little problematic but we, we keep it fun and, and breezy as much as we can <laughs>
3: yeah. uh how did the AEW appearances start out well, the the first one was in november of 2021 and you wrestled uh powerhouse Hobbs. so how did all that come together
0: yeah you know just getting um uh, making connections kind of getting within the uh you know within the circulation of the talent that are invited to the tv you know whether it's so that one was in that for their, those are first loop of Kansas City and St. Louis. So obviously I'm in St. Louis, so it was easy to easy to get to those. So, um, you know, it was just nice to, you know, get my name thrown in there by some friends that I have on the roster. And, um, you know, luckily didn't screw it up too bad. So I came back a few more times, but hopefully more in the future. But um, yeah, just kind of uh, luckily I've been around the Indies enough that uh, everyone else who has a job can. Maybe someday help me get up there too. But I, uh, I'm just thankful mm-hmm. for for anyone who's gone to bat for me with a any sort of situation like that because it's 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 not easy to, uh, to to get a foot in the door anywhere these days. So it's uh, yeah, I was lucky enough just to get on the list and and even if if you're on the list, even if you're there, there's no guarantee you have a, a match or anything to, to mm-hmm. do that day. So then you know the day of, I'm lucky enough to have been pulled. I remember I was sitting in I was sitting in catering. I didn't even think I was doing anything that day before. Uh, uh, I get a text and they say they're looking for you down here. And I said, What are you talking about? So you got a match with Hobbs. And I'm like, Oh, nobody told me. So I guess I'd have run out of catering with like a piece of shrimp in my mouth or something. <laughs> well, luckily it was uh, went well.
2: Well, you know, speaking of uh, you know, like you know, va- you know, people vouching for you in that small circle and stuff. I remember years ago you talking about guys like Airwolf um you know I remember obviously you've been closely linked with Ethan with Ethan Page for a long time and Ethan's you know been all over the place of course running his own promotion and you have experience on that side as well so you know what it's like not just as a talent but also you know other people trying to get onto your shows and stuff like that so like you know how, how's that all been like just I mean just that whole mindset of just for people who may not know you you were kind of thrown into a position of like having to take over Glory Pro Wrestling with like you know how many years into the business yourself maybe three to five years of, of wrestling been got i mean so you you really have like you've seen all sides of this wrestling business very
0: fast yeah i mean at that time i was only about four years in it's crazy to think that was almost like five years ago now too so everything's gone so fast but yeah it's been you know promoting is uh is interesting because you just uh you know I, I like to book people that i've seen before that are not to say, like, I only book my friends or something, but you at least keep kind of a close circle because you just don't want to have people on a show who, who you don't know or you don't know or aren't going to do very well, or someone hasn't vouched for. So, you do kind of develop a, a circle of people that know what they're doing and they're reliable, and then even just are good locker room people. That's important too. This obviously, if someone can get it done in the ring, but are they someone that you want to hang out with for the whole day at a show and who isn't going to give you a headache when you're trying to put, you know, make the show run smoothly or anything like that. So, yeah, I mean, you talk about like Airwolf and you know, Dante and Darius Martin, the, the, those guys, like they were, you know, some some guys who came down from Minnesota who, you know, proved themselves right off the bat. And uh, obviously you see where they are now, but it was kind of cool to be a part of uh, their journey early on because, you know, they weren't doing too, too much when they kind of came into Glory Pro and started doing uh, tag team stuff for us. and i'm super proud of them to just uh you know whenever i get a chance to see them i always tell them that you know, they're, they're doing so great and I'm, I'm proud of what they're doing but um yeah it's just all about developing a circle of people who are uh, they're they're talented but also you get along with them and uh you know, luckily I, and you know by now in aew it's kind of every i know a lot of people who've come through there just because i booked them at some point with glory pro and uh it's just nice to uh, nice to have that circle that's growing and everyone's doing so well I anyone mean, that only helps the company but you've had people come through the door that have gone on to bigger and better things so that's that's part of it too
3: you've mentioned ethan page and and how he's helped you what is it like going toy shopping with that man
0: <laughs> I've, seen those, <laughs> I've
2: seen some of the vlogs by the way that you've been <laughs> included in so
0: yeah it, those are fun um i will say I, I i i can't i can't match the level of of nerd that ethan or any other people on the on the vlog because man that uh, i mean i and i you know toy shopping's fun but i'm I'm more of a oh that's cool i don't need to buy anything but then when i see everyone throwing out all this money i'm like Oof, I'm, glad. <laughs> I'm glad i don't have that kind of i don't have that bug that uh that collector's bug i'm just kind of look at their cool stuff and i'm like wow that's great i'm glad you spent your money on that didn't, but, but it's fun it's fun to uh yeah it's fun to visit shops and just kind of talk about you know, just fandom in general for whether it be Star Wars or Marvel or um, any video games, anything like that, uh, is cool and it's fun. And anytime he's in town or I'm in town somewhere he's filming one, I'm always going to tag one just because it's uh, it's just fun to hang out and, and be a part of it.
2: There was a, another guy you know we spoke of danhausen a little bit but it's been kind of wild seeing both of your careers kind of parallel in, in a lot of ways because i remember years back donovan danhausen in those same you know sub circles we were just talking about in Nashville and stuff like before he made the switch over into the comedy wrestling um so it's got how, how's, how does it feel like to be a friend of danhausen and also see because he he just became such like a thing on the internet it was just so wild to watch this guy go from like This indie wrestler that felt like you just couldn't catch on to like completely blowing up
0: well it's just the importance of uh finding what works for you so if you're someone who uh gets over by being a a serious wrestler in some boots and trunks and that's great like that but if if you struggle with that or you can't find a footing or something then i encourage anyone just to try something new something different just to to stand out you know because that's what he did and he obviously he put so much effort into the dan Housen character and even the look and the videos and and, and then connecting with him with a fan base the way he does with uh patreon and things like that that are just really important these days that you know, i i spun up a, a twitch stream uh kind of over COVID because i didn't have much going on and that's what that kind of introduced me to the idea of just uh you know getting a community of people together to just to hang out and be a fan of the same thing and, and talk and, and have a place to, to chat so um but Danhausen always did a great job of facilitating that and making sure his fans um just had a place where they could talk to him and hang out with him and uh, hang out with each other and kind of just connect over uh, you know what 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 is kind of a silly character but has become like just so larger than life and bigger than even just, just being just, just a wrestler. Like he kind of transcends just being a wrestler, which is uh, kind of the goal if you're, if you're really trying to, to push your career in that direction.
2: And also really quickly, I know you, your switch streams, you were doing Nintendo 64. I, I saw that. What are your, what are your favorite Nintendo 64 games? Cause that's still my favorite console of all time.
0: Uh, Goldeneye number one, always. Um, and then really just the N64 wrestling games, obviously. True. Yeah. Um, playing those, but uh I'd, I'd throw GoldenEye and Star Fox 64 besides wrestling games, those are definitely my two favorites and uh, played them quite a bit on the on the stream back then. All
3: right, what are your golden eye like when you're playing four uh four player, two player, what multiplayer? Like what are what are your rules?
0: Uh I, I think i we probably played like the golden gun uh rules the most. I always thought that was most fun, just being able to find the pick up the golden gun and, and get that one shot kill and uh, piss somebody off pretty bad it just, obviously it didn't make for some uh, uh some some interesting evenings with friends uh you know they you just get real uh pissed off at each other but you know that's what makes it fun
3: uh if you could recommend like one two three matches you know for for new fans who might not have heard of dan the dad like this is this is the match you you need to check out uh, some of your favorite matches potentially in there as well
0: um the one that gets brought the most is it's me orange cassidy effie and dan Housen in a wild uh four-way match for alpha one you can find that on youtube um i get yeah, it gets brought up all the time so I've, I've heard people uh say they that was the first indie wrestling match they ever watched and they became fans or that, i think that's like the highest compliment that. Uh, and it's just a, 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 a fun match that's, that's us being our characters and being silly with each other. So it's cool. Um, you know, lately, as far as more recent stuff, you know, me and Cody Lane had a, a, a last one standing match for Glory Pro on that last event on, on Fight Plus, that was really a lot of fun. If you want to see a different side of Dan the Dad, who gets serious once in a while and has a, like I said, like a no DQ sort of street fight kind of feel, um, that was cool. Um, and then even. Also recently was me and Warforce teamed up against Delirious and Matt Seidel, which was a uh, um, also for glory pro. But that, that one was important to me just because Delirious and Matt were uh, they're like the original St. Louis indie guys who went on to bigger and better things. So we kind of had a a battle of the the St. Louis indie generations or whatever you want to call it. That was uh, so much fun. So you can find that uh, that one just on uh, should just be on on YouTube. Easy to find as well
2: is uh is all glory pro stuff fight plus going forward right now
0: yeah going forward um the backlog will take a while to get uploaded on there there are they have so much gcw to put on which is understandable (laughs) so um so bear with us to get the the backlog on up there but going forward yeah fight plus has been really cool i I love that it's a little bit more of an affordable option for fans for 99 a month you know how many subscriptions do we all have that uh eat up our bank accounts that for something to come in at kind of half the price of uh, comparable services like that. Um, I think it's just really good for wrestling and good for fans to make things accessible, but also make sure promotions are are getting paid for their content, um, which can be difficult in the with streaming, you know, because uh, it used to be you could sell a DVD for $15, $20. Now one view of a whole stream nets you like 70 cents. So the economics of it, um, and that's across, that's across entertainment, across the board, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to make money on streaming. So, um, but fight plus has done a really good job of, you know, just increasing the, the volume, increasing the, the fans that are, have access to stuff and, um, we're taking care of, uh, their content providers so far. So I'm happy
2: with it. Yeah. It's been fascinating watching that, uh, the growth of fight plus the whole concept, uh, because you don't, I mean, I'm not. Endorsed to say this but like as somebody who who really likes the service you know you get the the mixed martial arts and boxing and a whole bunch of stuff so like you could potentially even find like non-wrestling fans like i've come across just random fighting events on fight plus just because i have the subscription and i wind up flipping it on and you know so i just think it's a really great way for uh for visibility and new fans and then the service itself has been like really crisp and clear and like i've been able to use it on all my, all my different platforms and stuff so i'm glad to see glory Pro's got a good home there
0: yeah, it's been great. I think I had like the other day, I saw like there's like a rugby stream that started with Fight Plus. I'm like, well, it's cool that someone may who may subscribe for rugby or boxing or something now has indie wrestling to watch. So it's only gonna help, you know, just introduce our products to, to new people, which is the best thing. Uh, last one
3: before we, before we let you go. What is the coolest thing in your room?
0: The coolest thing in my room? Yes, I'd say that's my so. I'm a big Cardinal fan. Adam Wainwright's my favorite uh, uh, player and pitcher for the Cardinals, and so, and he's known for his curveball. So I actually I collect Adam Wainwright curveballs that are authenticated. <laughs> by, so it, it, when they, they they'll they'll take any ball that's uh, put in play and they'll authenticate it and say who pitched who was the pitcher what pitch it was and everything. And so every time I go to the stadium, I'll pick up a Adam Wainwright curveball whenever I can and I have a nice little collection of those. This is my own little, uh, that's my my stupid little thing that I collect. So
2: I don't know where you are right now, but can you show us one of those or?
0: <laughs> it's, not, it's not in this room right now. I'll just send you a picture okay. of them. Okay,
2: we'll we'll show a picture of it. We'll link like a picture in the description of the video. Because yeah. we um, yeah, we like to we like to everyone to show their favorite stuff in their room. Dude, as somebody who likes collecting, just kind of like obscure niche stuff, that's like one of the coolest answers I've I've heard on this show. Like I, I love that you just got you got your guy and your thing, and that, that's your collection. I think that's awesome. Yeah.
3: Dan, we appreciate you joining us uh today, tonight. Uh let everyone know where they can find you at
0: yeah instagram twitter facebook at thanks dan the dad um and if you want to check out glory pro wrestling it's at we are glory pro on twitter so we've also got a, a big show coming up on fight plus uh this sunday which i'll, I'll be on as well as tons of others davy richards Warhorse, horse lamey lock ally catch tons of great talent so that's uh this sunday at four eastern three central so check that out on fight plus uh, or if you want to check out some merch, uh, it's danthedad.bigcartel.com. We got coffee mugs, hats, shirts, whatever you
3: need. Awesome. Well, we appreciate it, Dan. Again, you can follow him on, on Twitter at Dad. Everyone check out the Glory Pro show uh, on Fight Plus this weekend. Go over there, support Fight Plus, support uh, Glory Pro. Dan, again, thank you for joining us. Guys, we'll be right back here on the spot. Thanks to Dan the Dad for joining us on the Creator Spotlight. Check out Glory Pro on Fight Plus. Go support Dan the Dad at Thanks Dan the Dad on Twitter. Guys, thank you for joining us this week on the Spotlight. We'll be back next week. As uh, Steven Jensen mentioned, likely have our pals, Jameson Ryan and Diamond Sheik returning. I have a big show, Championship District Wrestling this weekend, headlined by Fodder, who was on the show last week, uh, teaming with QT Marshall against. Billy Gunn. Oh, sorry. Fodder and EC3 going to get beat up for that one uh, against QT Marshall and Billy Gunn. That is the match. So check that out. That's on uh, Championship District Wrestling. That'll be on YouTube. Uh, we'll post that video on Fightful when, when it's up on on uh, their their site, on the CDW YouTube channel. Um, what else do we have? Go to Fightful Overbooked. FightfulOverbooked.com. Sting made an appearance on Fightful Overbooked. Cameron Hawkins did a voiceover. For a sting video, that's something that I don't think anybody would have ever thought was going to happen, but I made it happen. Uh, So there's a sting video, a new little bit that I ended up filming. Uh, Shout out to to Cameron Hawkins. Happy birthday to Cam. It's his birthday today. Happy birthday to him. Thank you to him for doing the voiceover for that. Um, So there's that. There's a new episode of, of Tim and Joel on Sunday, new episode of Coexisting, new episode on Friday, new episode of FMC that is up now, where we sign up our pal Share Delaware for our dating website. That's a real thing that we did on, on that channel. So everyone can go there and maybe you'll match with Share Delaware if that's something that you can find her. If you can find her on there. I guess we make it easy to find if you watch the show. Um, Dynamite is live at 3 o'clock right here on this channel, youtube.com slash Fightful with Will Washington and a special guest reviewing last night's Dynamite. I'll likely make my weekly run-in on that show. So Death Dynamite, youtube.com slash Fightful right here. You're on here right now. Reviewing Dynamite, reviewing Dynamite with Will Washington. Leave us a thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel. All that fun stuff. Subscribe to Fightful Select. Support everything we're doing over there. I know Sean said he's going to be dropping some Sasha Banks news today. So get ready for that, everyone. FightfulSelect.com. Go check that out. As we appreciate all love and support uh, here at Fightful, here on the Spotlight. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Everybody enjoy your weekend. Bye, everyone.